0: Welcome back as we look again at what I'm calling Satan's best lies. And I call them that because I've been caught most every one of them. And I think it's only right for us to be reminded by people who have stumbled <laughs> where the rocks are and roots are. As we've been looking at this, we've been reminded yet again that Satan, the devil, he is very real. And to characterize who he is, he is a liar and has been from the beginning. <clears throat> it is, if you please, if if angels have DNA, that is his DNA. And if his mouth is moving, he's a That's the reality of who he is. And every lie, every lie has Satan as its originator. Even it's being said out of our very own lips. That's truth. And as we've been looking at some of his very best lies, uh, we've looked at five of them now. We've looked on on really on Independence Day that nationalism and patriotism are the same thing, and we found out they really aren't. That all roads lead to heaven. We found out that's absolutely a lie. That truth is whatever you want it to be, that we get to create our own reality, and, and I have my truth and you have your truth. And we saw how the Word of God debunked that. We looked about how it's all about you. It's all about us. The world revolves around us in this consumeristic society in which we live that's even come into the church. And we looked at the lie that it's your body. You can do with it what you want to. And to great surprise, we found the Word of God saying, no, your body's not your own, it's mine. I bought it with the price of my very own son's blood and it's the temple in which I live. Today we want to look at Yet another lie, a very pervasive lie, and one that, again, has permeated the hallowed halls of God's churches as well. And it's just simply this. You've got plenty of time. You've got plenty of time. You don't have to, to, to worry. You may be under conviction today. You may feel that God is speaking to your heart today. But you've got plenty of time to make that decision. You've got plenty of time to make that change in your life. You've got plenty of time to confront that habit or hang up or hurt that's in your life. You've got plenty of time. How many people have walked out of churches having been deeply, deeply, deeply moved and under great spiritual conviction without having ever had made any kind of decision because they believed the lie? You've got plenty of time. Up against this, the Word of God says in Psalm 144, Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Proverbs 27 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day will bring. And in Psalm 90, Lord, teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us to hold up Satan's lie to the light of your truth. We are, we're earthbound right now, God, in so many ways. And our thinking can be so influenced by this world in which we live. Holy Spirit, without you, enlighten the word of God for us. We'll be caught in all of Satan's traps. But thank you for the light of your word. That when we hold it up next to the, to the dark, true, to dark counterfeit of Satan, we see it for what it is. Lord, open our hearts today to receive your word for us. In Christ's name, amen. Turn with me to the 12th chapter of Luke the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> Jesus spoke a parable and with most parables they have one principal uh, teaching but the other teachings also are engaged there and it's kind of one of the more peripheral ones that I want to touch at today though the whole parable really speaks and shouts into this, this prevailing thought in the world that we have today that we've got plenty of time. We find here in Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 16. And he told them a parable, a story, saying, a rich man had a very fertile farm that produced fine crops. And then he said to himself, what should I do? I have no room for all of my crops. And then he said, I know I'll tear them down, all of my barns, and I'll big, bigger ones. And then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and all of my other goods, my wealth. And then I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored to last for many years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him you fool you will die this very night and then who will get all of this that you have worked for yes a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have richness in relationship towards God this is the word here this man thought Man, I've I've had a banner year. I've got enough now to do me the rest of my life. Some of us thought about that about our retirement. We found out different, didn't we? Yeah. I've got plenty. I, I can just sit back and I can coast right on to the very end. now I've got plenty of time to enjoy my life. And what was it Jesus said to him? You're a fool. And that's a strong word. Matter of fact, he told us we need, we need to be very careful using it. He said, You're a fool because you're planning on having years and years and years and years, but tonight is your last night on earth. Plenty of time. During the Great Awakening here in the United States, There was written an allegory that uh, made it around to a lot of the preachers during the the Great Awakening. It was often used towards the end of a sermon. It was used to lead up to an invitation. And it's called the Council of the Devils of Hell. Let me share with you just a little bit of that. When a large spiritual gathering was happening and revival was happening in a particular community... Satan called his best devils together to decide on the best step, to put cold water and derail this great awakening of God's presence. So the, dev- the devils, three of them, stepped forward and said, we have a plan. So the first one said, we will, we will whisper in their ear, there is no God. Satan back, sat back and said, but they look around all of the things that God has created the incredible work of his hands. No, that won't work. There's no way they'll believe that. So the second one stepped forward and said, we'll tell them, there is no hell. Satan pondered that for a moment and said, well, deep in the heart of all men is a sense of justice. And they know that gross and notorious sinners and killers and rapists will have to be judged one day. No, they won't buy that. And the third demon stepped up and said, we'll whisper in their ear, they've got plenty of time. To which Satan said, that's it! That's it. We'll delude them into thinking they have plenty of time to make decisions for Christ. And their life will go on forever and they've got such a future when we know in reality they don't this diabolical lie has caused more people to spend eternity in hell than probably anything else of all of Satan's lies. You see, we live here in a country where it is so easy to hear the gospel. It, it, it permeates the airways. It permeates uh, the internet. It permeates uh, television. We don't go there many times. We've, we've grown bored with hearing the gospel over and over and over again, and sometimes we get calloused or cold to hear it, we'd rather be entertained, but it's out there. And even around the world, by all kinds of different means, initially by by radio and, and some by television, but now by internet, for sure. The gospel is spreading more and more and more all, all the way over the world. It, it, it may surprise you how many Downloads of our worship services here are in places that are closed off to Christianity. The West Bank. Download our, our worship services regularly. The Gaza Strip. China. this a little, little town up in the mountains of Georgia. But our reach goes that far. And the gospel is out there. How many people hearing the gospel, whether it's in a a worship service like this, or by means of some some sort of media? Holy Spirit's moving in their life. They're they're sensing conviction of sin. They, They know they need to do something about what's going on in their lives. And then the whisper comes into their ear. You don't have to do that now. You've got plenty of time. You can do that tomorrow. You can do that next week. You've got plenty of time. Here's Satan's lie. God's truth is, you don't. You don't. You don't have near as much time as you think you have. The lie tells us we should be in no hurry. To settle things with the Lord. We need to be in in no hurry to confess our sins to him. We need to be in no, no hurry to let life be changed and transformed. We have no hurry to deal with that deep dark hurt within us. We don't have to be in a hurry for any of that. We've got all the time in the world. That's what the man in Jesus' parable thought. I've got all the time in the world. I've got enough of goods and wealth that I can retire and I can just enjoy life for years and years to come. And Jesus said, you are a fool to buy that lie. You don't know anything about the number of your days. Let me give you a quote. I wish this was mine. I'm not smart enough to come up with this, but I want to give you a quote and I want you to remember it a single moment springs from the womb of time and unless grasped immediately falls forever into the tomb of time. An opportunity to play with your grandkids. An opportunity to speak a word of Christ springs forth from the womb of time to give you its treasure. But unless we grasp it, in that instant, it falls forever into the tomb of time. And it's gone. You know, you just can't get time back. You just can't get time back. We're all convinced we have plenty of time Until we don't. And that usually hits us as a rude awakening. When you go for your regular annual checkup for your doctor. And he says. You got to have heart surgery. You'll find out real quick. You don't have all the time you thought you had. You blink your eyes. And those kids are grown. Oh, I have plenty of time to get out on the floor and play with them with their blocks or their toys or whatever. And the next thing you know, they're running outside and swinging on the swing. I got plenty of time to, to gather them together and to wrestle and tickle on the floor. And then they'd much rather be with their friends than with you. I've got plenty of time to have those deep conversations with this child that I love so much. Now they're in their teens and young adult years and they're much more interested in the opinions of their friends than they are of yours. I've got plenty of time with my my son or my daughter but they're chasing their career right now or they're having kids of their own or they're so engaged and now I'm getting older and I can't get about the way I used to. I don't have plenty of time. We delude ourselves and we fall victim to Satan's lies when we think we have plenty of time when we don't. Today, people blow off the warnings. They, they figure they can, can wait for years to get straight with God, to, to deal with the sin in their lives, to deal with past hurts, to deal with, with habits and hang-ups that's got them chained down. Got all the time. In the world. I, I don't need to do that right now. They're so living for the moment, they don't realize the next moment may not come. They don't realize that every breath they take is a gift from eternal God that they need to take. Roy Wright said something last week. I said, will you write that down? (laughs) And he did. I said, I'm going to quote you. For the unbeliever who dangles their eternal existence over the pit of hell, any moment afforded on earth to them, is a tremendous, merciful gift flowing from the grace of God. I said, son, you got that right. You got that right. I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods and land laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. And God says, you fool. You fool. The devil can entertain you for years on end and convince you that there are no consequences to all of the things he has you so enthralled in and engaged in. And indeed, because the, pay, the, uh, the bill comes due kind of late sometimes, you have a little time. But the temptation that has got you in its grasp has an anesthetic effect. And it numbs you to the reality you don't have all the time. The word of God speaks to us from Proverbs. It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. God's truth. God's truth is you have a whole lot less time than you think. The Bible says, but now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We, we have a word for this. The word's called procrastination. Put it off. Never do today what you can put off for tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's, that, that's our mantra. Why, why do we do that? Why do we, why do we put something We've talked about this in in our sermon planning, our research group as we gather together. Two major reasons. One, I'll put things off because I really don't want to do that. Honey, isn't it about time you took the garbage out? I hadn't smelled it recently. (laughs) Sometimes it's just something we don't want to do. But the major reason we procrastinate and put things off is that we think we've got plenty of time. There's there's no rush about this. But there is because when that opportunity springs forth from the womb of time, if not grasped, it falls forever in the eternal tomb of time. We don't have all the time in the world. Life is uncertain. The halls of hell are crammed packed with people that were convinced they had plenty of time and then they had the heart attack and that automobile accident or that drive by shooting where they were hit by a stray bullet. where they slipped on the ice and hit their head. And now they find themselves in eternity. Astounded. I thought I had plenty of time. We all do. Until we don't. And and time is running out for all of us. I mean, if you have any concept about the end times at all, you you have to say that though we don't know the exact time or whatever, the things are falling in line more and more and more every day and every week and every month, leading us to think that the time is short. So whether it's him coming again or us going to meet him in our death, we don't have as much time as we had thought. Jesus said this, watch therefore. For you do not know the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come again. So my life is uncertain. Your life is so uncertain. I know some people think that's morbid to talk about. Preacher, can't you get anything happier to talk about? But it's reality, folks. It's a reality check. The psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Martin Luther, a great reformer, said we should live with the day of our death constantly before our eyes. It keeps us from the ultimate folly, thinking that we will live forever, and giving us excuse to put off doing what we know we should do now. You see, time is collapsing in on top of us. It's brief. The psalmist says, Lord, remind us how brief my time on earth is. Remind me my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. How you've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. If I live to be a hundred years, that's in the eyes of eternity. Our response, folks, time calls for immediate action. Time calls us to respond to it. When we realize that an opportunity springs from the womb of time, and if not grasp, goes forever in eternity into the tomb of time, we realize we've got to take the opportunity as it presents itself. Amos put it this way. In the book of Amos, in the Bible, he said, Prepare, prepare. To meet your God. Are you prepared? If it is today that your life is required of you. If it's today that you have to stand before your maker. Are you ready? Well, Jesus says you need to be ready all the time. Be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. So Paul wrote to the Ephesians, we need to redeem the time. Literally, that means to to buy it all up. We we need to see every one of us as a precious jewel, a precious treasure that we jump on top of and take every opportunity. Because time is fleeting and it is disappearing and it cannot be retrieved. Those moments with your sweetheart Cherish them. Take advantage of each and every one of them. They're fleeting. If you don't believe that, speak to one of our widows or widowers. All the time in the world to be with those kids. Not as much time as you think. All the time in the world to make a decision to give my life to Jesus Christ. Not as much as you think. Every tick of your clock, every tick says now, 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 now. The Word of God says, this is the time, this is the day to make a decision for Jesus Christ. The writer of the Hebrews says today if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. You can hear the gospel and you can choose to do nothing with it. The opportunity to be saved springs forth from the womb of time. Take it! It will disappear into the tomb of time. The Spirit of God will not always strive with man. You can squander the gift of the opportunity Roy wrote about, or you can grasp it. I would plead with you today, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, do it now. Don't hear the lie. You have plenty of time not near as much as you think. Will you pray with me? Father God, there are some right now that hear you whispering to them, come to me. Give me your heart. Give me your life. Come accept my gift of salvation. Come and let my grace cover your sins. Come to me. and they have a choice. You're giving them a valuable opportunity that will make the difference of eternity. A treasure perishable only by the moment. It's eternal but it's perishable if it's not grasped in the moment it's offered. Father, if anyone in the sound of my voice here in this sanctuary or by means of media, if they're sensing your presence moving in their lives, if you're sensing the immediacy that, hey, I I, I need to do something about this conviction. I need to, to take this hurt and bring it to the cross. I need to take this habit and bring it to the Lord Jesus. I need to hurry, hurry, hurry to Christ. God forbid that they would stand and walk away. God forbid that they would turn off their TV set or their computer or their device and lose the precious opportunity that you've given them. Here in this sanctuary in just a moment. Lord, as Ed leads us in this invitation song, There's some whom you're offering them an opportunity to join our church. Offering them an opportunity to rededicate their lives. Offering them an opportunity to say yes to the salvation of their souls. Lord, I pray that we'll say yes to you. Derek and Eric are going to be right here close to the front, Lord. And I'm going to be pouring my heart out to you again. Holy Spirit, move as only you can.